Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Screen Heroes. This is episode 119. I am Derek, one of your regular hosts. I have my two other hosts with me, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Hi. And we're going to be talking some movie TV news before we move on to our main topic, which is a brand new segment that we have been working on called Let's Rewrite It. Yes. We're going to be kicking things off with the DCEU and Man of Steel, the first movie in the DCEU on essentially its fifth year anniversary of it being released in theaters. So we'll be rewriting Man of Steel, and then we'll move on to the other DCEU movies over the course of the next few months. Um, before we move on to that, let's talk news, guys. What has Absolutely. been going on? A lot of little stuff. Okay. Anything yeah. in particular that you'd like to share with the rest of the class? All right. So Ocean's 8 came out this weekend. We went to go see it. We thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. Um is it at the box office? It made more money than any other Ocean's Ocean movie. Yeah. Uh, that is not adjusted for inflation, though, so people should not, you know, be too in your face. But it had the George largest Clooney. opening weekend of an Ocean's film. Okay, it did. that's cool. It yeah. was a good movie. I liked it a lot. I didn't see it, so or I haven't even seen a trailer for it. To be honest with you, <laughs> oh. and the Ocean's movie never movies never really appealed to me. So I've only seen the Ocean's Eleven remake, and then I saw Ocean's Eight this past weekend. Um, I really like the Ocean's Eleven remake. I thought that was really good, and I like how this one ties into it. Um, but it was a lot of fun. I thought it was really well done. Good. No I'm opinion. Glad you like it? No, I ha- I said I liked it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Next news article, then. Jeez. Uh, there's some stuff that happened with Jeff Johns, Derek. You might want to talk about that because you sure. seem to have an attachment to the whole thing. So, Well, I'm a big Does Jeff Johns that. fan. Uh, Jeff Johns more or less saved the Green Lantern franchise from cancellation and extinction um, in the comic book realm. And he's the one who created the full emotional spectrum, and he wrote Blackest Night and Brightest Day and that type of thing. So... Some of the, the most important, significant, and loved parts of Green Lantern lore are his. And he's been the chief creative officer of DC for a while now. Not like a super long time, a couple of years, I think. And he is stepping down from that role. Jim Lee, who is an incredible artist um, and creative mind and publisher, will be taking over that role. And Jeff will be moving on to start his own production company which uh, will be probably working with DC Entertainment and Warner Brothers quite a bit. Um, He's also writing and will be producing the Green Lantern Corps movie, which we now know will include Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, which uh, will be an interesting combination of guys. So I'm looking forward to that because if anybody knows how to write Green Lantern, it's Jeff Johns. And if anybody knows how to destroy something good, it's WB. So (laughs) So maybe we'll get something mediocre then if they can just level each other out. Right. 
But I think that DC Comics is left in great hands with Jim Lee. He's an incredible talent, and I think Jeff Johns will work well to help build the DCEU in the right direction. He did help write Aquaman. He has a writing credit on Aquaman, and uh, early reactions have been very positive. Some people got to see the trailer this past weekend. We're supposed to see it here shortly. Sometime this week. So, yeah. and um, Probably tomorrow, I would think, because it's coming with Jurassic World 2. Is, is that what it's called? I don't know. It's, it's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, but that's um, not for another week, though. Oh, I thought that in, was this weekend. So it's out in certain countries, but not here in oh, the United okay. States. Um, I have a buddy of mine who's already seen it in the UK. The the movie, that is, not the trailer. And he said it was really, really good. Uh, he's a little biased. He's a bit of a kaiju guy. So he likes monster movie type things. And that's what Jurassic stuff basically is. Um, but, yeah. We're supposed to see it this week, so at some point, and it's supposed to be attached to the new Jurassic World movie, so, uh, you know, hopefully it's tomorrow and not, <laughs> you know, Sunday evening at 11 p.m. Yeah, my my assumption was maybe they were just waiting for E3 to pass, because that's been taking up a lot of the, the media resources the last few days, and um, Nintendo finished up their stuff today, so that's it for, like, the big conferences, you know, everything else is really show floor stuff, so we'll probably get a tra- the trailer, like you're saying, probably tomorrow. That'd be cool. So, yeah. What else we got? Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy launches 2020. That official? Yep. Okay. It just dropped. After The Last Jedi, I'm really not that excited for it, to be honest with you, so... Well, we'll have one... We'll have episode nine in 2019, so this will be the year after. Right. I'm just saying that, based on that movie, I'm not super... A super big fan of his take on the Star Wars universe, but I guess we'll see. I could be... I would be happy to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my my hope is that since he gets to focus on other more universe-building type stuff, that maybe that will show his strengths rather than being stuck on the... The Skywalker saga. And he's not having to resolve a bunch of things that happened in the previous movie. Exactly. So, yeah, that that could be, and I hope that's the case. And I assume he had certain road markers they needed to be at by the end of the movie for episode 9. That may not be true, but I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Yeah. Did you guys see the Stephen Colbert fan-made trailer? I did not watch it. I meant to when I got home, but I... Same. So, Stephen Colbert's pretty pissed about... All the toxicity and the harassment mm. that uh, people have been getting, namely Kelly Marie Tran and Daisy Ridley. So he recut a bunch of the new stuff to include just basically all women and minorities, <laughs> all white people. And it was pretty hilarious. I, I can appreciate that. Uh, you know, it's, it's never fun. I guess that was news we hadn't talked about, huh? That Kelly Marie Tran just left Instagram altogether. So maybe we should talk a little bit about that for backstory. Sure. Okay, so, you know, Daisy Ridley left Instagram after The Force Awakens, and because of harassment, Felicity Jones never left her social media, but she, of course, received it. John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, they've been targets of harassment. Um, And then... Kelly Marie Tran has gotten pretty much nonstop harassment since The Last Jedi came out. And finally, she just decided to shut her shit down for a while, which I can't really blame her. It's, it, hmm. it yeah. isn't just the Star Wars fan base. No, like, it's Joss not. Whedon, famously same after thing. Age of Ultron, same thing. But it does seem like that because Star Wars is such a huge property that 
there's a lot more people that are going to be toxic. Um, there's also a huge general. history of it too. I mean, Jake Lloyd and I forgive me the I forget the guy's name, but the guy who played Jar Jar Binks were also bullied and mm-hmm. harassed and you know you look at Jake Lloyd now, his life has been kind of ruined. So it's it's not something new for Star Wars, but there's a dark side to every fandom and I think there's it's just the type of fanatic eventually somebody safeguards something too much that they become entitled and reject anything new. Star Wars gets it a lot, I think, just because the original trilogy has been held up as this iconic masterpiece. And whether or not it is or not is not my point. It's just that's the status that it's reached in our culture. So when they try to do it again in, in the prequels and now this the second time with Disney, people are still so beholden to the originals. Very few franchises have that type of background. Star Trek saw it a lot in the 90s before the internet and social media were really a thing. Um, and they got tons and tons of hate mail when they were going to have the first black lead and the first woman captain in DS9 and Voyager, respectively. But now it's just, we all see it. We didn't see it in the 90s when people yeah, wrote, the internet. Right. Yeah. People wrote letters and hate mail to the actors mm-hmm. and to the studios, but we never have to see any of that. Um, now it's just, it's everywhere. It's in everybody's face all the time. And it's just mind boggling to me how easily people want to ruin the stuff that they supposedly love. Um, right. But, you know. but like none of us at the table really enjoyed the last Jedi as a whole. We've mm. talked about that multiple times. We we poked fun at things that we didn't like, but it, the movie just because we didn't enjoy it doesn't mean that we're no longer Star Wars fans, and it also doesn't mean that we need to, you know, insult people personally for being. I would never go to an actor's Instagram or. Twitter or something like that and tag them in a bunch of crap talking about Completely how they rewrite their, their Wikipedia was. to be racist. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do, I would never even dream of doing that. I'll post something on my personal Facebook that says, this movie was not my favorite. <laughs> don't see it or don't, you know. And, that's and, also the harshest we've all been on social media. We're like, you know, this isn't for me. I'm going to move on. I mean, I, I talk about, like, I talk about my hatred of, like, Star Trek Into Darkness a lot. And I would never insult the actors you know, as on a personal level, even like, or, or anybody in the cast and crew, like, you know, Abrams may not be a Star Trek fan. He's admitted that that's fine. He's entitled to, it's a personal preference, right? I don't have anything personally against these people and not liking a movie does not mean the people are bad people. The people have to do something bad for me not to like them. Right. You know, and being in Star Wars The Last Jedi does not make you a bad person. It makes you a character that's not bad and that's not good. Like Kelly Marie Tran's character, a lot of people did not like. Right. She's very polarizing. It's got nothing to do with the actress. She didn't write the character. No. She all she did was get a paying gig in the Star Wars universe. And no who's going to turn that no. down? Yeah, people right. are begging to be in Star Wars. Yeah. No one's going to turn down an offer. Right. She got to go to the Oscars because of it. She got to go to the Tony. Like, she... and it's sad because before the movie came out, she if you saw interviews with her, she was smiling ear to ear because of how excited she was to be a part of the franchise. Absolutely. And then people just decided to shit all over that. It's, it is really tough, and it's frustrating. And it's even more frustrating because it, it's only women and minorities that get this. When a white dude uh, has a bad movie, everyone's just like, yeah, that movie sucked, and then we move on with yeah, our lives. Yeah, see, Mark Hamill, every, a yeah. lot of people did not like the way Luke went and all of those. But he, 
No Everybody still guy. loves yeah, him. Everybody still loves him. You know? yeah. But even outside of, of Star Wars, you know, you look at like you know, Ryan Reynolds is a good example because he likes to poke fun at himself a lot in Deadpool because of Green Lantern and Wolverine Origins. But nobody was like really harassing and insulting and berating him in intense ways on social media after either of those roles. And those were bad movies for him. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. He admits it. No one's questioning that. Um, you know, it's it's and it, it's used as an excuse to attack. Women but there's also minor ways people do it too. Like we we talked a lot about the toxicity and the harassment, which are huge, major character flaws. But there are other arguments that people use to cover this up. And I I heard it when I was at my last convention. I just got really sick of it because I heard it like four or five times. Uh, we were talking about Jessica Jones and the second season. This guy was like, you know what? I was really pissed off when they said that. All, uh, every episode was going to be directed by a female. And I was like, do go on. <laughs> and he's like, I just want the best person for the job. And I'm like, well, that's what everybody wants. That's what they're hiring. You know, that's, but it's, it's a thinly veiled narrative for, I don't want things to change. And that kind of bothers me because this is exactly what happened with Solo. The guys who directed Lego were fired because they were screwing things up. And they were replaced with Ron Howard, arguably one of the best directors out there. Like, he's won tons of awards. He's a very incredibly talented man. And still nobody went to go see the movie. (laughs) So, clearly, you don't want that. You just don't want change. Like, people have to have their doors open for them. And so many... Directors are already women. I know it's so weird, but they don't get the same opportunities. So it's a little difficult. And this one show cast 12 different directors for their episodes and they're all girls. Like, oh no, it's so terrible. <laughs> like, I mean, there's when I only to the point of all, all the episodes being women is the point where I'm like, that seems more... It's kind of like the Ghostbusters thing where it seemed like it was more of a gimmick. I'm not saying it was a gimmick. I enjoyed Jessica Jones season two. But if it was like 11 women and one man, then may, then they just took the best people for the job, sure. But when it's specifically 12 women, it's possible that those were the best of the best. I don't know who they were picking. But when it's literally all 12, that... that I don't know. I like, I like the second season, so I don't really so, care that much. <laughs> but I, the Ghostbusters one, I mean, that That, that was, was a gimmick. That was used yeah. as a gimmick. And... It was a gimmick that did not pay off. Ocean's 8 just used the exact same gimmick, and it did pay off. High critical praise, high audience And they legitimately got really, like... Good actors. Yeah, it was not... It's a great Oscar winners in there, like, multiple Oscar winners in there. Right. I mean, it's okay to do it on purpose, because it's done on purpose the other way around all the time, right? Well, yeah, because here's my point. Daredevil Season 1 and 2, Iron Fist, Defenders... Luke Cage, season one and two, and Punisher, not one female director. Yeah, that's there is something to be said for that, for sure. So, yeah. And in Jessica Jones, season one, two female directors. I just feel but like. they directed multiple episodes, I think, I'm pretty sure. There wasn't a different director on every episode. That's season fair. One. Okay. It's just the balance is off there. Yeah, no, you're right. That's so, something I would never notice. Because, um, like, when it's I television, I went back I don't and look. looked into that. I. I 
didn't pay attention as I'm watching this and keep that information in my head for the past five years. Like, Yeah, I rarely look at who's directing TV episodes. I only ever notice if it shows up in the credits and it's like one of the actors on the show. And I'm like, oh, like, hey, hey, Kevin Smith <laughs> is directing this episode of Arrow. Right. Or something. Yeah. Not Arrow, something because big. they will never let him do that, but Flash or Supergirl. Yeah, I noticed like that, you know, or something. Or like, you know, oh, LeVar Burton episode, uh, directed this episode of Voyager. That's cool because it's another Star Trek actor. Like that I noticed. But yeah. it never even occurred to me that with how how the, the, the Marvel Netflix shows are that you would have so many directors because it's barely like – it's not really episodic. There's just so much of one thing that you'd think you'd want fewer – opinions yeah you know um, fewer chefs in the kitchen exactly you wanna, yeah just yeah. have one person with the overarching vision do a whole thing so I was, i'm actually surprised to hear that they have more than like two or three in a season well i knew about jesse so. jones season two because they there was they a lot of articles it. about that yeah, yeah it, was, it was on quite a bit on facebook but the other like i don't know how many directors were different directors were in punisher or daredevil season two or daredevil season one or any of those luke cage even i mean i don't know any of yeah. those so I usually don't notice when it's TV, so that's fair. My own fault, you know. I mean, I, to be fair, I, like when you start getting like Daredevil season two or Jessica Jones season two, this cast has worked together a lot. So really, the director may not really have right. to do that much. There, oh, well, Kevin Smith has come out and said that every time he comes on the set, it's literally a well-oiled machine. He's just there, like to be there. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of framing that's involved, you know, from a camera perspective. Oh, sure, you know, because the actors know you know who their characters are. Like, I mean. At this point, Grant Gustin should know who the Flash is, right? But you know. the same doors just aren't open. Oh yeah, and that's my point. It shouldn't be newsworthy if a show around a woman is directed by women. Right. It shouldn't be, but it is. It was a big press release and huge articles, and like it just it shouldn't be a big deal, and it is. Maybe that's the problem. They should just do it and not report not on really, it. And like have press conferences yeah. about it. But then they lose out on the publicity. But that's that the problem, right? Because the point is supposed to be that it's it's equal footing. It's not supposed to be that, hey, look what we did. Because yeah. that's not... Then did you but do it? But that's not how businesses work. I know. businesses... <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, know. I don't disagree. But then it, it just colors all of those decisions. Because then the question is, well, did you do it? Because you thought well, you should. Well, now it's suspect. Or, yeah, exactly. exactly yeah. Yeah. And my issue is, is that... While we're doing this, we're also being boxed in. Great. Patty Jenkins directed uh, Wonder Woman and Ryan Coogler directed Black Panther. And that's great because they have similar viewpoints of life. But are we ever going to let a woman direct Iron Man? Are right. we ever going to let a black man direct Batman? Like, is that going to happen? I, I mean, I wouldn't see any reason why not. It exactly. seems ridiculous that we're even having right? to talk about that. <laughs> why are we talking about this? Yeah. But it's... I understand. It just keeps yeah. popping up. So, I don't know. I feel like I personally have a connection to Batman and could direct a Batman movie and it would Why be... Why not, right? right? Like, I, Tim Burton, all his movies, he could have been black when I was a kid for all I care. I had no idea, you know. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> the movie <laughs> yeah. is what... I want them to be represented. I'm not saying that side doesn't matter, but... Yeah, you know, absolutely. I just want the good movie and it, whether it's a man, a woman, a, a black man, a black woman, a whatever, it, who cares, right? Like, it's ultimately... We want the best movie, and the studio wants the best movie, and the mm -hmm. fact there's prejudice is a little... It's frustrating. So, yeah. I just feel like there has to be some overcompensation here and there, and... Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Balance it, it out. A not, little bit. Not that it balances that out, but... Yeah. All right. Anything else in the news that we'd like to cover? The Batman reboot is yeah. apparently going to be a reboot, <laughs> and not a, no Ben Affleck. 
But the internet really wants to bring back Army Hammer uh, from the George. Well, Miller no, the one. internet one day wants Ben Affleck back, and then the next yeah. day they're like, "We want him out," and then a the, third day they're like, "Well, we wanted Batman Beyond." <laughs> you know, it's like bring we, back Wilfred Dell. Yeah, make up your mind, okay. I mean, at, at this point, I'm not going to believe who Batman is until I see a trailer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And even then, it's suspect after the Justice League trailer. It's just like, okay. How much of this yeah, is going to make exactly. it in the movie, really? Who still has a mustache? Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, how many mustaches were edited? I'm going to sit down in the theater and I'm just like, so, okay, so who's Batman in this one? <laughs> right. Like, I don't, at this point, I don't care anymore. I just want a straight answer. Yeah. You know, this whole back and forth thing is just so ridiculous. Um, now there's all these rumors. Did you hear the, the latest San Diego Comic-Con rumors for DC? These are, these are great. If this are has, there any Shazam ones? Because we haven't had no, a Shazam Gate update. No, okay. no. The rumor is now, now the rumor is that the Snyder Cut of Justice League will be announced at SDCC. Right. No, I'm sure that's no, going to happen. Sorry. This is like Not Y2K. You guys remember? Worse. You guys remember Y2K? It, it was supposed to happen on January first, two thousand, and when nothing happened, a bunch of people were like, "No, no, no, no. we mean next year, <laughs> right?" That's what this has become. Done. Except, yeah. Done. Except this is worse because this has like the Y2K thing was fear of you know <laughs> the entire world shutting down. That's fair. Whereas this is like some fanboys not getting the movie that they think is going to be better, but in actuality is probably going to be about the same in terms of quality. It's hard to have or a cut. Or possibly worse, because it wasn't worse. finished. I was yeah. going to say, it's hard to have a cut of a movie that was never done. Yeah. Right. Everybody thinks it's just like, they're holding yeah. on to it, they're hoarding it, you know, <laughs> waiting for five years from now when they can release the ultimate cut. See, and that's the thing. So for those who are confused by, by our sarcasm here, the ultimate cut of BVS was available because they took the final movie and took things out of it and put it into theaters. <laughs> yeah. So they were able to add those things back in. And it was only like 12 minutes or something. It was not that much longer. But Justice League, Snyder never finished it. He was what, like 60% of the way through yeah. or something like that? And then Whedon came in and finished it. So do you want 60% of a movie? Like, there's no way that's going to be better, right? I think they imagine that they're just going to fill in the rest with Whedon bits. But I don't really understand how that's going to be any better. I want that to be a new serial. We did this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So that's where we are. All right. Well, that's probably enough. Tonight's for... theme, Entitled Fans. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably enough for news, unless you guys have anything important. No, now we're going to be Entitled Fans yes. and rewrite a movie. <laughs> uh, Shazam, Shazam Gate. Nothing. nothing no updates this week. Uh, there Sorry. is a rumor. There is a rumor <laughs> that's Shazam adjacent. Uh, that Dwayne Johnson will not be Black Adam in Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad 2. Yeah, I did Oh, thank that. goodness. Now, here's what's confusing about how it was phrased. Does that means he's going to be somebody else. That, that's my concern, is it sounded like either him or Black Adam was going to be in the movie, but not as the same character, <laughs> not as the same thing. Maybe he's just Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, The Rock is so popular that he can infiltrate every cinematic um, universe as himself and also <laughs> as other characters. What I really mean is, it sounded more like maybe he's not going to be Black Adam anymore that it's taking too long and they're gonna have somebody else be black well, how, how are they gonna do or, i mean there's other villains for shazam but why would you not have black adam in the in the shazam movie either as a teaser or something like that why are you putting him in suicide squad too who on that squad is gonna challenge black well, adam to be fair we don't know that he's not in shazam that's fair but i right. mean it, right he's not the main villain we no he's not the main sure. villain but for all we know he does show up towards the end and 
something happens and the Suicide Squad stumble upon him. It didn't sound like he was supposed to be like the villain. What's for a person Squad? with a baseball bat gonna do against well, that's what I'm Adam? I, Nothing. It didn't sound like he was supposed to be the villain for Suicide Squad. It just sounded like he was going to be in it. At some like point. he was gonna join the squad. <laughs> what are you some sign of kind of Suicide Squad too? <laughs> he said the thing. Yeah, he oh, said God. the thing. He said the thing. Oh god. All right, let's move on. So I we are. It. all right so we are going to move on um our segment is as i said let's rewrite it we're starting with man of steel in the dceu on its fifth anniversary of theatrical release our goal here is to pump pump the movies up make them better make them tighter more interesting or more coherent um and going in chronological order so how they released but man of steel is a good one to start off because since this is a new segment for us we're probably going to hit some bumps along the way i still don't really understand understand what i'm supposed to be doing isn't like that bad of a movie it's actually pretty good and so there's not much i would want to fix with it yeah that's something i was struggling with was that i mean if you've watched this show or our previous podcast, I'm a big. I liked Man of Steel a lot. Yeah. So uh, changing things was more like for me. It was more like what would I think the general would be better for the general audience rather than what I would want because I wouldn't want to change that much because I like Zack Snyder even if he's bad at storytelling a lot of the time. You know, it's there's there's things that could have been done a little better for sure. But I was also thinking about all the things that could come from this. You know, the the movies that followed what could happen and you know sure. how this movie affects everything but honestly the most disappointing thing is that man of steel has a wonderful theme i guess in cinematography everything about it is just gr- like pretty good and then you get to justice league and that tone is lost that goal is lost that cinematography it's just down a toilet it's just not there anymore no well, that maybe superman i mean there was there was a lot of changes in the superman character yeah. that too and his his name is in the title right it wasn't a batman movie it wasn't a superman movie yeah it was supposed to be a movie for both of them yeah. and there should have been a stark contrast between the two you know batman and superman that's why i actually think the tone of man of steel does need to change Okay, so let's start with just the <clears throat> superficial things. Would you guys change any of the casting? No. I mean, I thought the cast was fine. I don't think there's anybody that stood out that was out of place or anything like that. I mean, I love Russell Crowe as Jor-El. I think he's great. Uh, Henry Cavill's a wonderful Superman. Um, every- there's a lot of people out there that are like, he can't. He doesn't have the acting chops for it, and I just disagree. Like, I, I do. Like- they haven't watched The Tudors. He was incredible on that show, and they haven't seen his other films. Cause... I mean, I've not seen any of his other films other yeah. than, like, the Mission Impossible trailer that he's in. And I, <laughs> and I, like, you could tell he has more range than what was there in the movie. It was just sure. he was playing it as they wanted him to play it. Right. Clark is very bland until he goes insane and psycho. Like, he's just a bland vanilla guy. Sorry. Um, so the the very, very, very first thing I would change, and this is nothing Look. against Hans Zimmer, is the score. Okay. So the score sets the tone for the whole movie, in my opinion. Sure. And while Hans Zimmer's score is really good, I think it needed to evolve to where it ends up from the original Superman theme. I think not starting with the original Superman theme was a mistake because if you go back, 
that was the first true, real, recognizable superhero theme song. That wasn't like the cartoon, Adam West Batman or a cartoon thing, right? Like the theme. Yeah, like the a real, theme. Right, yeah. you know, like a real orchestral theme was the Superman theme by John Williams. And while I do not think that needed to stay forever, I think showing it evolve into Hans Zimmer's theme would have been better. Okay. Um, there I think there would have been a lot of angry people that, that they're, like you're using this part of, the Superman history in movies to try and make this movie better. No, because it's been done in multiple franchises. Sure. Star but I Wars, mean... Star Trek, Jurassic Park, they've all done it. And the, the, the idea is to respect the past, but also move it in a new direction. And this movie does, doesn't do that. And right. It is a reboot, right? And most reboots from older franchises try and do that. Right. I'm okay. saying that this is a specific character, not a franchise. So it's not like Star Wars or Star Trek or something else, or Jurassic Park. It's Superman, the character. And, you know, a lot of people didn't really read comic books or know him before those movies. And he had however many you want to count as good movies before that. <laughs> Two. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's a pretty good consensus for most people. Um, so, you know, they have ownership of that character from those movies. Of course. And so um, when you bring him into the new ones, I don't know. I like his, I have his, the original theme on my Spotify, not the new one, the, the one from the, the old movies. And I think it's still to this day, easily recognizable and iconic. But I guess what it comes down to is, do you think it would have made the movie better? I do. You I do. Cause you, cause I, I think it's, so Im- I'm the tie breaking. I think here. it's important to set the tone for who he is. And since this Superman movie does the origin story in a very different, but really good way, I think it's important to set who he is in the beginning. And it doesn't have to be big and in your face. It can be light. It can be just pieces of it there, like Star Trek 09 did. Like, or like Justice League did. Or wait, that was it Batman v Superman? The one that used like uh, some of the original Batman themes. Batman v Superman like that. did that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like pieces like that where you can... Or no, maybe it was Justice League. That was League. Justice League. It was Justice League. Where you can, you can hear it, you can recognize it. It feels familiar. It doesn't have to be literally the theme. But pieces of the theme, the the right notes or the right progression or, or something like that to show you like early on in the movie when he's like saving the guys on the oil rig or something like that, right? Instead of having the intense droning Hans Zimmer music, which is really great. I have the, I have the soundtrack. I love his work. Having pieces of the original Superman theme in there to show this is the guy, right? He's not just, you know, because we're not calling the movie Superman. He's never called Superman in the movie. So having these little pieces to show, but he is, I think would have helped ground the character in the history. I'm not going to be as lengthy as Derek. I just disagree. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't think that it would have made any difference for, for the majority of the movie going public. Um, and I think it would have angered some of them that had that ownership of the character. And, and like this movie was not received very well, so using that theme from something that they loved so much and something that they they may not like, um, you know. I mean, maybe. I it's tough, because this is all hypothetical. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a lot of people, myself included, who were disappointed that the theme didn't show anywhere in the movie. I felt like the movie tried too hard to not be Superman. Right? Like, Superman is... It's a pretty iconic character. He's the most recognizable fictional character in the world. And people have an idea of who he is. And this, the Superman we see in Man of Steel, tries to be different. Right? 
And I think maybe that's why people didn't like it. Okay. Brian, how about you? For what? Uh, first thing you would change. Um, I would cut down on the amount of plot elements that are in the movie. Uh, okay, I would so get rid of Krypton, first thing. Don't really? need any of that. It was one of my favorite oh, parts man. of the movie, but it added like 20 minutes that really didn't pay off throughout the movie. Like, there wasn't really a lot of significance to that. Everybody knows who Superman is, right? There's not a person that's going to this movie, or probably, you know, there's probably people in the United States, but not a lot of the movie going public doesn't know who Superman is, doesn't know his history or anything. I don't think that... The movie was, like, what, two hours and 24 minutes? It's a long movie. It was a long movie. And there were parts that felt like they drug on, and a lot of that Krypton stuff, while beautiful, was not really that exciting. How many times can you sit there listening to Zod scream, I will find him! You know, like, he did it, like, six times in a row. (laughs) You know? I mean, I just think that if you cut all that out, it would make it a little bit tighter movie. You'd you'd lose 15 minutes. A two-hour movie is pretty average and reasonable these days for a superhero movie. So what do you do with Zod? Um, I mean, I don't... The same thing... You didn't need to show Krypton in the old movie, right? I mean, it... Sure. I think that there's other ways of doing that character... Uh, without having to show his history with Jor-El and all that stuff. And getting rid of that solves one of my problems with the movie that's tangential to it. And Which that's is. the Codex. Yeah. I don't the like... The MacGuffin? Yeah, it's so unnecessary and so overcomplicated and doesn't exist in any other Superman lore that I'm aware of. Okay, so if we cut out Krypton the first 20 minutes, we do not see Jor-El die... But you know he's dead, right? Like Jor-El they can, show can that. still show up on the ship and give the exposition. My thun. No, that's, <laughs> that's another part I had. The weird like Jor-El vision existence that has no like there's no explanation for it. He's basically a sentient hologram. Hologram that can respond. He's literally seeing his son. He can move stuff. He can, he can move touch stuff. And... He can talk to he knows who Lois Lane is. Right? Like, he's... he's compl- so, he might as well actually exist. But his wife couldn't. Only him. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think that the robot that he encounters in the beginning that injures Lois, um, they could have had something with that that, that uh, played a pre-recorded message or something like that. I didn't think, like, sentient hologram thing no, I'm really okay. added anything. I'm okay with it not being a sentient hologram. I do think that we need to see Jor-El and have him talk to to. He Cal. could be, yeah, he could have a pre-recorded thing. I'm just like, well, how is he able to actually see his son now? I hated that it was interaction. Yeah, that, like, he could actually physically touch things and affect yeah. things. See, like, that, like, I'm used to that in sci-fi, so it didn't it's bother just me. Weird. I mean, if that was part of the but technology... They, like, they didn't explain it. There's no history. That's the whole thing. Like, why Why can he see his son now that's 30 years later? Because it's not him. So, but, like... But it is him. Because I mean, he has all the knowledge that Jor-El it's his, has. It's his consciousness. Yeah, I mean, there's a throwaway line in there. I guess there's other sci-fi like Star Trek that has that. So it's, sure. not, it's not hard for me to just accept that that's what it is. But this isn't Star Trek. This is supposed to be a grounded, you know, thing. Well, the, well, the Kryptonians are not a grounded civilization. The dude is, is flying like a four-winged dragon creature. Like... <laughs> Which is completely unnecessary, but cool. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, let's, not, let's not pretend it's grounded. And then the little, the little capsule penises that fly into space. I had that on my list. Fix the dick-shaped Krypton ships. You know, you've got the Phantom Zone. Like, none of that is grounded in any, like... No, but the actual Superman story is. So having this weird, unexplained, sentient 
A I guess hologram. The hologram seems like the least sophisticated piece of technology that they have on Krypton. <laughs> I just feel like they could have just had a recording. Like, I'm, that's like, fine. Have a recording. Okay, sure, so if it interacts that's, with that's things, fine. that's fine. Whatever. It can but I mean, even on things. Supergirl, she, she can interact with her mother's hologram. Right, which I don't think is good on that show either. I think the uh, whole so thing I is mean, inter- Interactive holograms are not new to sci-fi, so I just... It's been accepted in the genre. Is it a, is Superman as a sci-fi movie? Superman comes from an alien planet with alien technology and spaceships. That's science fiction. That part is science fiction, but I don't think so. So his entire background and the character is science fiction. He's an alien. But he would, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't see that all happen, which would make this more or less of a sci-fi movie. If okay, I, so we have to have some compromise here. So it's a pre-recorded message of Russell, the... Russell Crowe as Jor-El. Sure, then you get Jor-El. Yeah, and I think you fine. still need that. I, I agree that you need that. I mean, yeah. in Smallville, you, you had him interact with his father, you know, in pre-recorded messages. Yeah, and I don't remember that. that. Where, <laughs> where do we draw the line on limitations? It can answer basic questions. Like really, sure, like it has it has a database. Like I'm fine yeah. with it having a database, okay. right? Where like where you know, you go, it knows where he came from. What's my family? Where, yeah, yeah. who is my family? What was my name? You know, why did you send me here? Where? What happened? My planet? Yeah, very simple stuff. Does he explain Zod? Sure, I, I don't think no. I mean, it's a family uh, of Krypton, uh, an important family that was also related. Like, I don't think it makes somewhat. sense to to explain who he is though, because if we if we leave off everything that happens in Krypton. All we're going to know is that he was a prisoner at some point. And for his dad to call that out seems unnecessary because his dad's hologram should never think that he's going to get it needs, out. I don't even know that it needs to explain that he's a bad guy. I think that it just needs to, you could get some background on him. What if they have a database oh. of the prisoners and he's able to... But he was only just like sent to prison Wait, right before it. What like, if, that would be a weird... What if the pre-recorded message of Jor-El also gets to do the super exposition thing and show, like, an animated history of what happened on Krypton. And he mentions the... He mentions Zod as Zod's military tried to take over, but it was too late. But isn't that, like, the... Didn't they already have the Codex pulled before that? In the movie? Like, before... I feel like that happened, like, really, literally right as... But we're not seeing any of that. So if we're oh, not moving, none of that happened that way, right? Yeah. So all we have to say is there was a coup. Zod tried to take things over because he saw the same fate that yeah. I did, but we took a different just route. Ha- just have the hologram you know? be the exposition yeah. bot. It takes two minutes, yeah. right? And you tie it into Zod and Jor-El both understood the same fate, but came at it in two different directions, and that's why they became enemies. And maybe then you can also explain why the perfect Superman suit has been sitting here for hundreds of years... In the thousands ship, thousands of years. Thousands of years in the ship. They said that perfectly fits Superman. Thousand years because Krypton, Krypton had outposts. I don't want it to be a ship. That was another piece. I, I don't want it to, it to be eighteen thousand years. I think that's pretty awful. No, yeah. it shouldn't be there at all. Yeah, I think that he uses the ship that he landed in, the data, the, sh- the computer in that ship, right? That database, and he builds his own fortress of solitude. Well, it, yeah, in Smallville, there was like a piece of the ship. That he went and did something with it, wherever his Fortress of Solitude is, and then that, like, automatically built, like, out of crystals. Crystals came and, mm-hmm. you know, formed. And something like that would have been fine. I feel like okay, so having no the ship was weird. giant-ass ship. No ship. Now, you need to get Lois Lane involved somehow. And maybe you do that as the... Do fam- we, though? Well, that was actually another point of mine. No, like I, I, I completely cut the the Lois Lane romance out. I thought Ooh. that was another plot point that was too much for this movie. They have too much 
to do as far as building Superman into the hero that we know in okay. this movie, right? They, there's a lot of problems with the tone that you've mentioned uh, and things like that. But uh, I think that having, like Lois Lane can be in the movie. I don't think that she has to be in the movie. I don't think that, that that's necessary at all. I think that if she like decided to uh, start investigating Superman once he starts helping in Metropolis or whatever, that makes more sense rather than this random guy that healed her on her ship. Yeah, I mean, you could introduce her and Perry and all of that when Zod shows up, right, and starts wreaking havoc. Then you can cut to like the news organization right. that's going to cover the story, and you know maybe the two of them don't even necessarily meet until the end of the film or if, if not at, all. at all. Yeah. What do you think, Ray? Okay, so just a different point of view. In every single movie prior to this, every single superhero, movie, Superman movie, Lois Lane has been portrayed as an idiot. And in the first, you know, 30 minutes of Lois Lane being on screen, she knows exactly who Superman is. She knows where he lives. She knows, like, his family and all the people he's ever come in contact with because she's a damn good reporter. This is the first time Lois Lane has been the character from the comics and not a dumbass. Sure, but do we need that in the first Superman movie? Why can't she do that in the second Superman movie? Superman is... From Action Comics number one, but so is Lois Lane, so is Perry, so is Jimmy Olsen. Like, they're... but a comic book is a different medium. Like, it, I, it I think. All right, is. all right. What if, what if we spin this differently? What part of my problem with Man of Steel is this whole he's always in hiding thing and the way his dad sacrifices himself, sort of uh, unnecessarily. Oh, Kevin Costner was a complete ass. What if what if we don't do that? And what if the movie starts with Clark working at the Daily Planet? I don't know. I like to get to get the newer like Zack Snyder's take on how Superman came to be. Like that that was one of my favorite parts of Smallville was like well, basically all of Smallville because he wasn't Superman until the last <laughs> episode or two. But um him, you know, learning his powers and things like that. That's the interesting stuff to well, me. But we don't yeah, I guess you could do that through flashbacks. Yeah, whatever, which is with but... the kids stuff, right? We don't like as an adult we just see him on the run all the time. And that's him being on the run and doing those nice things is what ties Lois into figuring out who he is. So I feel like you can't have one and not the other. So if you want one, you get both, or you get neither. Yeah, I mean, if they did, if they handled flashbacks in a similar way to what they already, what they did in this movie, where you got to see him like in the closet, covering his ears, and yeah, you got really you know these that. things, and I like the um, school bus scene. A yeah, lot. then I would be okay with that, I suppose. So, so what if he's working at the Daily Planet, and he and Lois are on like some, they're doing some investigative stuff, and it brings up certain memories, and that's how you get the flashbacks. I mean, that sounds very arrowy, but I'm good with that because I like I like the it flashbacks arrow. don't have to be prompted. In this one, they weren't really prompted. They, they, they came a, and went. They were a little prompted. But not like that. Okay. I'm just trying to find a balance. You know? Yeah. So what do you want? I like Lois Lane. I want her to stay. I don't think it's like necessary too, for her to be the romance. Movie. Okay. Like, she doesn't have to get hurt on the ship. She does not have to, you know, make out with him at the end. She does not have to be on Zod's ship. That was dumb as hell. But I liked her, like, the idea that he was only going to talk to her once he's in police custody. 
And their exchange back and forth was interesting. The fact that she's, you know, flat out saying you let them handcuff you. and That's why I kind of feel like it needs to be, he's, Clark is already at the Daily Planet, and that's why he trusts her. I mean, that would solve another problem with the movie, which is this guy that has never done any news reporting before can get hired at one of the most prestigious yeah. uh, right? news outlets in the world. Just at the end of the movie, just, he just has a job there. So if he's already there, you know, you can assume he went to college or whatever right. and worked his way. And he's still not number one because he's like, he's almost like... He was he, always a bad reporter. Right. Like she's leading this investigation, right? He's there to assist for whatever because, you know, you don't, they don't send people alone. Like sending her alone to the Arctic seemed like something they wouldn't normally do. But, but it does seem like something she would insist on. Maybe. But, you know, we don't have to do it that way. We could have Clark be like the tag-along guy. Right, and that's why you learn that, that that he trusts her, right? So that way he does talk to her. Um, I think you eliminate all of the stuff on Zod's ship because Zod doesn't want to capture Clark. Zod wants to kill Clark in our version of the movie because the Codex doesn't exist. So there's no reason to capture Clark or try and turn Clark. He doesn't care. Right? It's old yeah. Zod. It's it's the original Superman Zod who just wants to kill Superman and rule Earth. Okay, so while we're on, like, villains, um, one of my points was Morfeora, because yes. I thought she was, like, when she was moving really quick between the people, yeah. that was scary, man. It was like, well that done. Was, yeah, and it was cool. Um, and she, like, her, the actress, I don't even know who that is, but she looked badass in that suit, yeah. and I wanted to see more of her, like, the little goon squad they had. Um, I feel like they, there should have been more with that scouting party. You know, before Zod comes down, and they should have, like, really... Kind of like with uh, Infinity War, where, you know, they have the hype man that's like, yeah. You're all blessed because he's coming <laughs> to kill... You know, give give Zod the hype men to come down, or yeah. hype women in this case, to, like, really... Well, I think it just needs stage. to be the two of them, even. That would even be okay, too. Although have, the big dude was kind of I mean, and I, wasted, I, but... That's the thing, right? Like, he's kind of a take-on but from the original movie, But we don't have but, to waste him. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So here, like, how do we amp up his role? Do well, I mean, we give him speaking lines? I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it back to Infinity War. Like, they had multiple villains in Infinity War. They had the big bad Thanos, right? That's our Zod. And then they had the big, I don't. What was the big dude's name in Infinity War? Uh, it was like, uh, I don't even remember. Here, here's my, here's I my problem. I remember Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight, and right. those and, are the two that yeah. show up and fight. Proxima uh, Midnight might as well be Feora, right? But is the and, big guy in Man of Steel is he stronger than Clark than Cal? Just because he's physically bigger, I mean, he has more training. But that's but he's this giant, oh, oh the big guy, the big, the big guy, guy, right? He's so sure. like so. Yeah. I mean, you have to give him some reason to be there. But that's but that's the problem, be though, because it needs to end up as Cal versus Zod. Right. And why would it be Cal versus Zod if this big dude we can, can kick all our asses? We can still have the military intervene, and the military can put down Feora and the big guy. Can they? I mean, well, they did in this. Give, I mean, give Superman really. the advantage over him. If he's big, he's stupid, right? Isn't that the way things work? You know, well, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what he is. So Superman will outsmart him. And then Feora, you know, is maybe not as strong, but she's more cunning. And or so maybe Superman, she escapes. You know, yeah, sure. Then we use her for Man of Steel too. Well, that's fine. I don't, I don't mind if she escapes. But Clark beats them both by messing up their head stu- headgear stuff. Because they yeah. can't breathe the air on the earth. Because the yeah. they're all... not used to it yet. Right. It took right. him his whole lifetime, but then Zod's okay with it in three minutes. But that, uh, yeah, no. Unacceptable. <laughs> That's my problem. He's like, oh, 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 it's, x-ray vision, oh, I'm good. It's so, it's used so inconsistently in the movie. Yeah. That's the real problem. 
Also, um, the atmosphere being what powers him is I, I, it's the sun. Come on. Yeah. It's the yellow it's sun. It's even and said in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they even admit that it's the sun. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the atmosphere. Um, like, but they made it a point to say it was the atmosphere, yeah. too. When like, he goes up was, on the ship, which yeah. we're not going to have. That's true. So. <laughs> <laughs> problem, problem handled. Problem solved, right? See, we all like this movie, but there are some clunky aspects. Sure. I mean, you could do this to any movie, really, though. I mean, there's always things you can fix about movies. we're going to if this is successful. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, I think what we need to kind of figure out is the appearance of Zod. Right? I was fine with the way he looked. No, no, no. no. Oh. I'm sorry. Not how he looks. How he shows up. Oh. Like, his introduction. Well, at this point, he would start... By showing up on our television screens in that nightmare mask for some effing reason. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, I mean, I would just have him, like, be up in the ship controlling the terraformers or whatever. And then when the two goon squad or however many goon squad people you have are down there getting their asses kicked, then he's like, I'll do it myself. And he puts on the Infinity Gauntlet (laughs) and comes down. uh, Clearly, that's the best option here. Um, I'm not trying to turn DC movies into Marvel movies. I'm I'm fine with that. Do we need any explanation about where they've been or why they're here? We already got that. We got the exposition. It's just, it's all in that. He can explain. Zod is a megalomaniac who loves to hear himself talk. Yeah, he he's can explain give it all exposition. Come on. You caught he's got me monologue. monologuing. That's For sure exactly he's what he can do. Okay. I mean, he did okay. that in this one, yeah, in the original right. cut, multiple times. He gave exposition about... How they were in the Phantom Zone. He can do it again. Like, we can keep that. That's fair. I'm good with that. What do the chambers look like if they're not dicks? Well, we don't see them at all. Oh, okay. We wrote out that whole part of the movie. I say make them look like vaginas. And then they (laughs) shoot the people out of the vagina. (laughs) Goodness. Or boobs. (laughs) (laughs) But a pair. Austin Powers. A pair for some reason every time. Yeah. Um, alright, so, so Zod shows up, Superman's beating up the, uh, the, the minion, so to speak, um, you know, he's doing a good job there, and Zod's like, alright, screw this, I'm gonna have to get involved, so he comes down. Do we want to throw out the whole atmospheric thing and just assume that they're equally powered? They're all just equally powered at this point? I like the idea that they struggle, because the, the three against one can be overpowering, so if they're struggling... Getting used to everything, especially if we're keeping the childhood memories of Cal struggling. We'll show him instead of instead of like going, oh, 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 I'm good. Yeah, you know, have him be like and not realize how powerful he is when he comes down. Like when he punches Superman, he flies into a building, and he's like, okay, you know, because on his planet he wasn't that strong, right? But, so. but the problem is, how much do you want them to struggle? Because at some point, you know, it's going to have to be Zod and Supes and. If they're all equally powered, how is he going to fight off three of them? Well, he's not. He's going to beat the two. When they're still disoriented? No. When, no I mean, cool. he's going to be better yeah, at one thing than, than they are. You know, he's going to be smarter than one. Sh- but the thing is, he shouldn't be. But because, he is. Because the big guy's always going to be the dumb one. And then the, the woman's always going to well, be the more cunning. And, and he's going to be stronger than her. Whatever, but, you know. But the thing is, though, this is... And this is, you know, this... The, we already talked about she's going to get away and we're going to use her again. And that's fine. Right, but he has to think he's one, right? And he's never been Superman before, right? He doesn't really know how to fight. That's one of his problems. That's why Zod does so well, because he doesn't know. He's not a trained fighter. He's just super strong. Like, 
you can have them struggle throughout the entire fight without it being like beating up some weakling. Like you can have them lose their footing one or two times or trip. It can be small things here and there because they're still getting used to it. But, you know, they're also adults and not children getting used to it. So they're able to do this a little bit faster and it doesn't affect them like it did Cal. That reminds me of like when in Batman v Superman in the warehouse scene when Batman's fighting, how like he gets shot and like the, or the knife, you know, hits the back of his cowl because he's slower and, you know, he's not the same original Batman he was, you know, 20 years ago. And that was a way of giving him character development without actually, like, showing things. And so you could do something similar. That's what that, what you just said kind of reminds me of. Can we bring back the ice breath? I don't think it's necessary. I mean, if, if it serves some plot element, then sure. I, I, have, can a, we bring I, I back, have a fun moment. I have a fun Can idea. we bring back the kiss that makes everybody's memory go away? So what I'd like to do is, that is, is when they're when he's fighting them off, when he's fighting the big guy, what if he knocks the big guy into like a lake and he freezes the lake Done. in there? I'm good with it. Yeah, that's I'm fine with that. I think that could as look long really as it, cool. it's some, at some point in his flashbacks, he's shown that he's figured out he has the ice breath, you know, because you can't just surprise that on people. I mean. Can't you? No. He's no. had the power for decades. No, yeah, but not everybody does. That's more, a more obscure Superman so, you, power. so he had, like, I don't know. See, but that's the thing, though. Like, we have to see him as a kid get the power yes. for us to believe that he has it. Or at least well, we didn't see him do that with the eyes. He could have been a teenager or an adult. Like, when no, he, he figures did, it out. No, he did it when he was a little kid. He, he heats up the, the doorknob and the teacher burns her hands. Oh, that's right. I forgot about uh, that. It just, but that, that wasn't a big, like... Reveal, oh, look, he has heat eyes. You know, that was just a little thing that he did. Could that could have been a cuter moment where, like, he he does it while taking a drink. And all of a sudden, like, ice hits his face instead of water. There you or, go. Like, perfect. just something smaller like that. Right, so it, it throws it in there as a childhood memory I know, that it's not I just, just a random... So what childhood memory is going to be the cellophane S that he rips We're off? We're not going to do that. <laughs> I think we should consider adding that in. <laughs> Or the magical rebuilding of the Great Wall of China just by looking at it. That's definitely a plot point. Uh, Alright, fine. So he freezes the big guy in a lake because of the flashback where he makes his own Italian ice. And, <laughs> um, and he's he's fighting... Um, I'm sorry, what's her name? Uh, Feora. Feora. He's fighting Feora. And... I feel like we need to give the big guy a name. I can't remember. Like, his name. I, can't, I can't remember. I can't continue by yeah, just no. calling him Big Guy. All right. <laughs> I don't remember his name. Thanos. Big Guy number 12. Yeah, exactly. Generic big fighting <laughs> guy. Can we call him Gronk? Gronk? Yeah. Like the football player who's really dumb. Oh, Gronkowski? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fine. He's Gronk. Uh, <laughs> I was going to call him Korg, but. <laughs> no, it's an insult to Korg. That's Korg. true. Korg's He's great. more than Doug's friend. <laughs> That's true. Um, all right. So, uh, Fiora, she, so do, how do we want her to be, quote, defeated but get away? What's How does that happen? So, the military, uh, like Chris Maloney's character, blows himself up. We can show her surviving that instead of dying. Mm. And... She just kind of walks away from it. She's just done with it. She's too injured. She can't go on anymore. She, We see her, like, walk off in the dust. Plenty of movies do that. Okay. Nobody, okay. no... Or maybe she's not... We have some, like, stuff happen before that that makes her unsure of Zod's mission and not just, like, this mindless drone 
And then having dealt with Superman, she realizes that maybe that this is not the right mission, and she goes off on her own and does okay. something else. You know, I don't know. It's, so it doesn't have to be a traditional okay. like defeat. One of scenario. my my largest issues is the amount of destruction. We've talked about this multiple mm-hmm. times. I think for BVS to be set up, if we stick with the same plot point, Metropolis still has to have a lot of destruction. So I'm going to just go with that. But I'd like to keep the Smallville fights on the farms and mostly the fields and not really screw up the IHOP and the 7-Eleven and well, the Sears. Was but yeah. It was. So it, it was like, it, it's IHOP? Yeah. Stop. Please stay <laughs> It wasn't in the movie. I'm going to listen to this episode in like he five hours. He like, with a manager. In the next one, the Codex is going to be buried under a Krispy Kreme. Krispy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's delicious. Let me get one right now while I'm waiting for the heroes. (laughs) Yeah. I love you, Elizabeth Banks. Um, Anyway. We're sorry. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we we keep most of that type of fighting stuff. I think that that's fine. How about the goons are fighting in Smallville and then Zod takes it to Metropolis? Because then you have your destruction of Metropolis. Mm -hmm. And then the terraformer is going right through Metropolis too, right? right? So we have that. Well, obviously Superman is going to go after the terraformer and it's in Metropolis. But he's going to the other side of the world, right? Yeah, he does. He He goes to the one that's in the Pacific. Why don't they just have, we just have one terraformer. I like that. Instead of just like, it's Kryptonian technology. They have sentient holograms that can do anything. I do like, I do like how the terraformer is easier for you to wrap your head around than the interactive hologram. I just want to throw that out there. The, Cause it's not a, just an interactive hologram. It's a hologram that literally is a is someone's it's a whole yeah everything about a person, their memories, and they're currently understanding everything as I'm that just, person. We're, I'm just saying, as a civilization, we're closer to that technology than terraforming technology. But, so, smashing a bunch of rocks into another kind of rock is not anything that is super hard for me to believe. So that's not that's not what terraforming is. Basically, that's what it is. Okay. So. <laughs> Wait, we have a problem. Okay. We can't do terraforming. Why? Because we took, got rid of the whole atmospheric differences thing. What would they be terraforming? They want to turn it into Krypton. But yeah. the, but, but we just said that there's no difference. See, the idea... No, 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 terra- no, 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 no. We said that there's no atmosphere difference. That's what terraforming does. But they still get their powers from the sun and everything. This would be having them go back to normal. Maybe Zod hates the powers. Maybe he just wants to be a normal person so this would terraform the earth so that the yellow sun doesn't affect i think that would be a bit of a stretch that's just what the matrix did block out the sun no i didn't say block out the sun but the sun is what gives them their power oh my god you were not listening to me at all i swear i was listening you weren't if you if you change the earth it can still have krypton effects you don't have to get rid of the sun. Why don't we just get rid of the terraforming no, and Zod just wants to beat the crap out of I'm, Superman. I'm but a, then we don't have our destruction. That no, they, yeah, they, they because still the two of them each fighting other quite to, a bit know. in, in yeah. Metropolis without it being the terraformer. Like, there are two problems for you here. Sun, Earth, <laughs> atmosphere. Rachel, for those of you who aren't watching, Rachel got crayons uh-huh. out. And the atmosphere you, is not... You don't want the atmosphere. We've gotten rid of that. Uh-huh. So this is the problem... We keep the sun, uh-huh. we change the earth. How does changing the earth stop the sun from giving Oh, I don't know. How powers? is Mars different from Earth? Because it's a completely different planet. But if Superman went to Mars, he would still get radiation from the sun. You are not <laughs> understanding No, me. clearly not. Oh my god. I'm not going to help. So don't look at me. 
the Earth doesn't need an atmosphere to have other properties that could affect them and return them to normal beings and not these, like, super gods. So you want them to put something in the atmosphere that would block... Oh my god, I'm done with the atmosphere! We're not talking about the atmosphere! So what's changing? Just the, the, the soil. Earth. The soil this is changing. Is a Everything about idea. it. So 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 the ground that you they're walking horrible. on. No, he said the ground that they're walking on changes, and somehow that me- doesn't. You know, the ground we walk on now affect us. Yeah, but it doesn't stop the radiation oh from the my sun. God. That's, That's where the powers what come I'm from. Saying. Then I'm missing it. I'm yes. missing it. You understand where I'm getting at. I'm not getting into this. No, like that's why you're here. This is good. No, let's, this is good. Let's move on. Let's move on. So we're do- do our we viewer keep- count went up by double while you guys were arguing. So, but do we keep the terraformer then? I don't think it's super necessary to be honest with you. Okay, but I think that they can just beat the crap out of each other enough to destroy. I mean, they did basically in the movie. They destroyed most of Metropolis on their own. Yeah. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, they can just use their heat vision a few more times to cut some buildings in half. Exactly. Now, here's the big question as we're past the hour mark here. Does (laughs) Superman snap Zod's neck? Hells to the yes. Oh, I don't want him to. I hated it okay, so, so much. Some of the stuff I didn't cover, I'm not going to get deep into it, but but there was going to be way more of a focus on like making Superman into the Boy Scout, focusing on like how good he is, his goodness. He's going to be happy, he's going to be smiling, all these things that make Superman Superman, right? He's not Batman, he doesn't brood, he doesn't do these things. So when you see him snap Zod's neck, you know, like in this movie, it was questioning, could he have done something else? Could he... You know that that had to be, in his mind, the only way out, right? What if, like, we also added in some good childhood scenes? Like, maybe after saving all those kids, he gets a medal at school or something. But then everybody knows he's Superman. No, everybody knows he saved people. And everybody knew that already. They just refused to acknowledge it. Right, that's true. No, we don't know that anybody else... We knew, knew that one kid saw him push the bus out yeah, of the Yeah, we don't know that, And like... the mom says that other children saw it, too. Alright. People know that okay. he did stuff. I'm just trying... Like, I to, think, honestly, I'm even... feeding into the happy Even side. after, like, after he snapped Zod's neck, like, if you just had a kid come up and say thank you and, like, hug him or something. Because you know he's gonna be... He was emotional in the movie the way it was written. You know, if you gave him something to acknowledge that other characters saw it as the, la- the only option that he had or something along those lines, I think that would have helped a lot. I think the main problem was that he just snapped the neck and went and made out with Lois in a mud, bunch of a mud, the middle of a bunch of destruction of the you know an entire city falling around around him. If you take that part out and it's just him. well, that and the very next scene is him punching a satellite out of the sky, which yeah. I thought was really. I mean, there's cool. a very jarring change there. I think if you just went with something that was more gradual and you you understood that he's a good guy and he's just doing. His last option, which is what they were going for, I think. Yeah. But it didn't quite get there for a lot of people. And then you had a couple things to reinforce that that was the right option. I think it's still good to go I would have liked if they would have shown him as Superman cleaning up Metropolis. Like, he's helping that move been a great, some of That would be a great giant... way to end it. Right? Because you don't want to end it on him being emotional about the Zod thing and a kid coming up and hugging him and telling him it's okay. You want to end it on a higher note. Now, it's been a day or two, and he's been helping, like, pick up the city and trying to recover from the destruction. I mean, you could take it a step farther and harken really back to to the Boy Scout Superman and have him, you know, he's cleaning stuff and everything like that. And, like, you know, a kid, like, 
pulls on his cape or something, and like their cat stuck in a tree, and Superman gets the cat down. Sure, you know, I mean the kids, stuff with the kids, like the beginning of Justice League, the whole mustache thing yeah. that everybody hates. Um, that the the what they were going for there, I yeah. thought was really good. The YouTube video was adorable. Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, it was relevant to the times and things like that. I don't think it was executed. 100%. No, it wasn't. Well, but, The execution was terrible, but the idea behind it, what was right. written, was good. And that's a good way to establish Superman as a good character. He was smiling really weirdly to those kids, you know, but at the very, you got the idea that he was happy yeah. and, you know, an, an icon that people, kids could look up to, and, and I think that was great. And if you added something like that, yeah, sure. I, I think that's perfect. Anything else you want to change about the movie? Get rid of the sepia filter, please. Yes. Yeah, and like give us the bright... I mean, his, the suit, even without sepia filter, is a really like striking blue. I say bright blue, but it's not bright blue like Christopher Reeve. It's, it's a striking blue. Yeah. And I want to see it's that. Bold. And have the red, exactly. Yes. Have the red stand out. The it color, needs, to, it needs out. to be colorful. Superman yeah. is a colorful character. And Batman the only time it was is when he was up against the sky as the background. And mm. I Well, wanted... in the scene when he's like learning to fly or whatever, yeah. that was gorgeous. Yeah. So, like, but I they had gotten rid that. of that sepia filter. There, was no, there wasn't a sepia yeah. filter really there, so that was and a good thing for I want to keep that scene. I don't want that yeah. to go. But that's definitely still there. I have an idea for a post credit scene. Oh, jeez. This is important. This is what these movies do. No, so. This is what Marvel movies do. No. Not movies have been yet. doing this for decades. Okay. Literally decades. Ferris Bueller has a okay. post credit scene. Come on, come on, come on out with it. Slow it down. Um... I think that this would be a good opportunity to introduce an Easter egg to bring Supergirl into the DCEU later. You could have a shot in space where, like, you know, a little portal opens up and another ship comes through that's got the Superman S on it and everything like that. And, you know, it pan, it turn, the camera pans and turns and you see Earth and you see the ship heading towards Earth and then that's all you get. You could also have him just talk to his robot and maybe he's like are there any other kryptonians that survived i don't really think we need supergirl in this the problem is they both have it's the same problem with the tv show i think is where you have two characters it works in comic books but when they have the exact same powers basically except one is maybe faster than the other and one's stronger than the other you know i just don't like if you're going to establish the dceu we need to have characters that have very different power sets right and I mean, I'm not saying... But do a Flash Easter egg, or a Green Lantern Easter egg, or anything else, or Wonder Woman, you know, because at this point, they had right, Wonder Woman. Alright, that's fine. So if you want to do a Batman Easter egg, because sure. because that movie comes first, right? If you want to do a Batman Easter egg, then do a Batman Easter egg. That's, yeah. that's fine. I mean, I would. I think Supergirl's great, but well, I just don't think... you can have the scene where Bruce Wayne is standing in Metropolis. Sure, yeah, I think that's fine. I don't I mean, I don't really... I. I think that I just think it should be a very different character to Superman instead of being something that's that's okay. a very similar except the female version. So I know we're going to be doing the rest of the DCEU. I know there's a lot we're going to change about Lex Luthor's story arc in BVS. <laughs> a little bit. Maybe okay. there is. Maybe there isn't. What if What if we started that now and oh. Batman finds he doesn't know what it's for yet, but he gets. A chunk of kryptonite from some like Zod ship or something like that. He's trying to take technology and he gets some of the kryptonite. What if right? it's Lex? Or okay, what if we do Lex? fine. It's Lex. I no, think I... I actually think it would be better if it was Lex because then you have like because Batman's always trying to find more kryptonite and buy more kryptonite. If it's Lex that has 
all the kryptonite, right? But no one knows what it's for yet. Sure, but I right. mean, but he so, knows this is an alien thing, and it's probably going to be valuable. Maybe you just it's see the back of a bald guy. man's head picking up a sm- like small piece of green rock in the destruction, and then just calling, yeah, calling for his company, come, sure, get fine. or something like that. Fine. I love Batman, right? But no, that's I think fine. it's more suited to the character of of Lex. Fine. <laughs> uh, apparently, Derek's upset because we're no, just shooting him down. It's and totally fine. Whatever you want. I, I, yeah, it's fine. Anything else? No, that's how our movie ends. Uh, uh, the bar scene, the the bully. Oh yeah. I just want to say that that was a stupid. Like, I love that Superman got revenge, but it's like this guy is just gonna pick on. Other I, he's like he doesn't look like me. He's he's like a hulking human being, but this guy's just like I'm gonna throw a beer can at this guy. Yeah, Ray likes that scene. I hate that scene. I liked it. No, I like the revenge Gosh. part of it. I thought what he did was I like the idea of it, right? But it just doesn't make any sense. Like if he was doing the uh Christopher Reeve thing where he's like hunched over and he's like more, you know, not you know, yeah. walking like a hulking That's, Superman. Yeah. See, Henry Henry Cavill's Clark isn't Christopher Reeve's right. Clark. And even Brandon Rouse Clark was more like Christopher Reeves. And I think he did a great job and they should have stuck with that. Because then it would have been believable that this guy thinks he can pick on this dude. But he's walking like a normal dude with, you know, muscles everywhere popping yeah, out. He of doesn't his have shirt. to be an alien to, to punch you hard. Right, exactly. <laughs> or like carry you out of the bar because you're not that big of a dude yourself. You that know? would have been hilarious if he just picks him right. up like a small child. Right. Well, that like would have been. That would, sack of bananas. that would have been too obvious. Like no, if, he works out, right? He looks like a huge dude. I, but I if, if he snaps and punches a dude through a wall, then it's a moment of anger, right? But if he, like, picks him up and walks him out, people are going to be like, what the hell? He doesn't have to, like, lift him off the ground, but he can, like, just drag him out or something. Yeah, I don't know. There's a way to do it, but... I don't know. I just thought that scene was ridiculous. It's not a good scene. No. Okay. Well, I guess that's it, then. That is the end of our version of Man of Steel. Okay. And the Screen Heroes CU. (laughs) (laughs) Which also has Ghostbusters with a giant Funko being the uh, villain. Yes, I love that. Same universe. Yeah, same universe. Batman fights him. Yeah, Yeah. that would be, I'd be to see that actually. Um, All right, well that is it then for us. Let us know what you think of our changes to Man of Steel. Uh, We will be back next week to do what? Is it The Incredibles? It's The Incredibles. It's We're going to review Incredibles fine 2. Fine time to see that. It's The yes, Incredibles. The Incredibles 2. Very excited to, to check that out. Seeing it Thursday night. Um, so that's what we will be doing next week. Don't forget you can join us live Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash heroes podcast. And you can chat with us. You can find Ryan at Buster Props. Yep. Ray at Siren Ray. What? I am at The Star Trek Dude. Thank you for joining us. We are the Heroes Podcast Network at Heroes Podcasts. That's plural. On Twitter, Facebook, and HeroesPodcasts.com. We'll catch you guys next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.